I'm Megan and welcome to Winging It. It's here that we challenge the common misconception that everybody looks like they know what they're doing. Here we will break boundaries in the industry and bring us together as creatives. We will chat all things creative confidence, imposter syndrome and creative journeys. Thank you for joining and enjoy the podcast. Everybody. Today I am joined with Toby James, who is a junior designer at HarperCollins. Hello, Toby. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. What is your educational background? Um, well, uh, I'm going to try and do my best to answer this succinctly because I, I had a bit of a strange path to university, which is obviously where we met. Um, I guess in terms of like design, I, I started that at school uh, as one of my options at GCSE and then went straight to sixth form where I did graphics, which was one of my options. Um, but there it was kind of more taught like art history. So it wasn't really design. And I kind of quite quickly realized that um, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And at the time, I'm still really massively into film, but I wanted to... I mean, my ambition was to be like a director. So I, I got a place at college to do media studies. Um, halfway through that, realized it wasn't really um, kind of the mechanisms of the industry. I was like, I, I kind of feel like I need to be based somewhere. Mm. So then it became visual effects. And then from visual effects, it became uh, sort of 3D modeling. So I went to university to game art, um, had a really rough time at uni the first time and dropped out halfway through and um it was actually on one of my modules there um which was called texturing for games i think and that was kind of to be honest with you the the foundation of how i learned photoshop um so when i dropped out of uni and um kind of trying to figure out what to do with my life um (laughs) just through kind of weird circumstance i started building up um kind of a, a sort of freelance career which um ended up being about a year and a half um with one client in particular that I worked for for about a year um and then kind of ultimately realized that I can't switch off so freelance (laughs) isn't really for me um and that studios kind of wouldn't even really look at me without a degree so I thought you know I'm going to conquer that demon and go back to Mm -hmm. uni and that's obviously where I found Falmouth, um, graduating this year from the, the design course. That's so interesting that I've known you for like over a year properly in like the tutor group. And I had no idea about any of that. Like you went to uni somewhere else and dropped out. And I, it's just funny that I had no idea. And like, you just seem so put together. And it's just so funny that you just don't know what somebody's been through before that to get to where they are now. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I mean, I clearly was hiding it well because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a mess for me, my my kind of path there. Um, but it was interesting because I really do think that um, it's such a tricky time, mm. like sort of 
you know undergrads sort of when you're 18 and you're yeah. you know you're still trying to figure out who you are let alone make these really big life decisions about what you want to do and that really paralyzed me for a long time because mm. I felt so much like I had to have it figured out and I had to have found my path mm. and in trying to find the right path I did nothing because I was kind of <laughs> waiting for it to happen to me um and it was kind of only through hitting rock bottom really that I went like I've had enough of this now like I'm going to pick something I've always liked design and arts and creative subjects let's just run with this design thing and yeah, yeah luckily it's kind of all turned out good <laughs> but I really I really like that about you I like that you've tried all these different things and realized that's not for me and I think those rock bottom times happen for a reason sometimes um it is kind of like a message like to yourself that you thought about what you enjoyed and actually what you enjoyed is now what you've gone on to do as a job and I think that's amazing yeah no it's super super cool um definitely wouldn't have um seen this kind of life I wouldn't have pictured this for me yeah. even even you know a three months not three months ago I've been working three months but you know six months ago I, mm -hmm. I couldn't I, I'd pinch myself if I told myself where I'd be now I would love to go back in time like just before we handed in all of our work and told you where you are now because I think your face would just be a picture <laughs> yeah I mean I don't think I'd believe it I'm so sort of um you know from from hand in to getting the job I don't think I ever really <sighs> had a moment where I just sat in that for a minute yeah. like I you know while we were in our third year we worked so hard and I remember thinking like when I hand in I'm going to be so relieved mm. and what I did I was like god no no I've got to get a job yeah, exactly. and then and then I was like when I get my results if I get a first I'll be so relieved and I did and I was so you know I was happy for maybe like a minute and then yeah, I was exactly. like but it's not going to get me a job my work still sucks um mm. yeah I guess that's just the 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 brain of a creative yeah exactly I mean I think I felt exactly the same I thought I'd feel relieved but actually I think a lot of the stress caught up with me <laughs> yeah. um, and I was just kind of sat there like oh oh no um how did you feel to leave uni I know you just said that you felt um didn't really feel a sense of relief like you thought you would but is were there kind of like really big thoughts that you had in particular when you were leaving uni to go into the industry I think for me um and maybe some of it comes from being a little bit older um you know I definitely wouldn't say I was like a mature student or I hope not <laughs> but um you know I'm, I'm 26 this month so um in student terms I was cracking on a bit I suppose <laughs> but I think um I was just really ready um you know I've been working shitty jobs since I was 14 so it's been like a decade and I was ready for a career and to do something that I really loved and I was passionate about um and that I felt like I could offer something to like it's sort of a weird um I don't know sort of dichotomy for me that I I, I always felt like I I had something to offer but also had no confidence in what I do <laughs> so um and maybe we all feel like that but I think um you just have to kind of focus on the positives right and block out that demon was there anything that you did to prepare 
to leave uni because I feel like uni gave us a lot of tools but I think because I was in quite a big panic I feel like I dropped most of them and forgot they were there. There's definitely a lot of panic as well. <laughs> um, I think the main thing I told myself um, and I'm, I'm not insinuating this is at all what, what you've <laughs> done or anyone else has done but I, I was very adamant that I would ride that momentum of handing into kind of trying to get a job um I mean I I really did work my ass off sort of the whole of third year and it was a really tricky time but um I didn't want to take my foot off the gas I I don't Mm -hmm. know something in me was just telling me that if I do like this is that was my window Mm -hmm. and um I think it served me well I think it kind of (laughs) I suppose uh you know in the spirit of this podcast and what it's all about I I am really plagued with feeling like I'm not good enough and I think if I didn't sort of beat a lot of people to the punch with getting internships and stuff maybe I wouldn't be where I am and I think um, I did a couple of internships sort of straight away after hand in and I think those were just invaluable in giving me that just little extra thing because obviously we're covid students where we're, we're oh, the, yeah. the children of COVID if you will yep. um so it was really hard for us to get internships we didn't get our mm-hmm. second year placements so I think yeah that was super super helpful mm-hmm. going back to um when you were at college and at uni and not really knowing what you were enjoying do you think sometimes that there can be a pressure at uni maybe or at our age in design to find a particular piece of design that you really enjoy doing what you want to go into as a job because I remember you were so humble about your work when you were experimenting at uni but it was so amazing when you realized that you wanted to go into book design and your book design covers came out they absolutely flourished and it was like yep that's exactly what Toby is meant to do right now and I wondered if you had any advice or thoughts about kind of easing off that pressure about finding what you want to do in design. Well, first, it was really sweet of you to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I think there's a pressure? Um, yes and no. I think um, for me, I never really felt quite comfortable. I never really quite found like I, I had a practice. I was really confident in Um, and you know I don't want to sound like I have a a negative sentiment towards design but I for me it felt like there was a kind of pretentiousness to a lot of it and a sort of cynicism that didn't really chime with me I suppose and you know I I, I definitely know in our year there was kind of that um, undertone of these people felt like the people in our year who were really flourishing they were like like cool Helvetica really kind of graphic design look and and you know obviously I I can appreciate anything I think what I'm sure they're doing amazing things and their stuff was you know awesome rightfully rightfully so but for me it just that that wasn't what sung to me I, I didn't have any affinity with that and I don't really know, like I say, it's not, I don't really think it's any advice beyond, I was just really lucky. I I found publishing and it just, everything clicked. It was like, yeah. 
everything I'd done up to that point just clicked for me and mm-hmm. um like I said I, there's a sort of earnestness to it it's it's all the things I love about design it's type it's image yeah. it's story but there's not this kind of I think again I don't want to <laughs> burn any bridges so, but um you know there's not this kind of like advertising or like selling you on something it's just like I'm just serving the story and I have mm-hmm. this you know however big the, the page is I've got that's that's my parameters that's my canvas and that's all I have to distill something that can be really complex into mm. something really immediate and I just fell in love with that. Mm. I think that's really interesting because that's exactly how I feel about book design like when we were doing branding I found it really difficult to stretch the idea out and move it into so many different places and so many different ways but when you have a book it's just those parameters but I love hype image illustration composition and it's all of that together and that feeling clicked for me as well but in my third year right at the end so I went through the whole of the three years thinking I'm not good enough I'm not like all these cool people in my year um I don't know what I'm gonna do it's not clicking yet and then suddenly it did but what I think is really interesting to highlight is that I'm 21 and that clicked for me in my third year you're going to be 26 and you've gone through a completely different journey but that both kind of clicked for us but in Mm. different times and I think like people don't maybe really talk about that enough yeah I mean I mean it was I remember saying to you at the time it was really um inspiring really to watch your growth because I remember you know obviously we spent a year together in the same tutor group and there was just this really lovely growing of confidence that was just really nice to see and I think maybe um maybe some of that was that I I felt the same as you I felt just as unconfident and just as lost in my practice and watching someone else kind of find their voice yeah um gave me a little bit of hope (laughs) you know um and like you said I think there was a sort of weird parallel I think we both probably came into our room around about the same time and um I like you would attribute a lot of that probably to Steve I think he was amazing um and if anyone is is thinking about university or design I would massively recommend Falmouth and if you can get Steve then you get the (laughs) jackpot yeah I think it I mean every time I saw you in the tutor group and I'd see your confidence growing I'd think yes yes it's got it yeah and you could see that you could see the way that you were speaking about your design you were just such a different person when you were delivering your covers and I think it's amazing that we had that peer support because it goes into the industry um which kind of leads on to my next question which is about going for the same jobs which definitely doesn't get talked about I found already that it's really secretive and it can Mm -hmm. be quite upsetting sometimes instead of being secretive about it, you can actually be there for the people in the community and your peers at uni, and you can really support each other. I wondered how you felt about the competitiveness of going for the same jobs. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky, right? Um, I think for me personally, I'm, I'm a massive kind of advocate of celebrating other people's success. Yeah. Um, I think being kind of bitter and resentful can you know it only 
harms you in the long run yeah. is that like you know that wisdom about holding a hot stone to throw at someone you're the <laughs> one who gets burned like it's kind of like that right yeah um it's probably hard for me to to really say I mean yeah I I know I can hand on heart say for me I want the best for everyone I hope everyone finds their practice and and and, and their place and I I, th- I do think there's enough seats at the table for everyone I think it is just maybe there's a massive element of luck to it that's mm-hmm. that's one thing that I don't think people perhaps put enough um emphasis on mm. um like I say I I'm certain I am not the best um graduate of this year who who does books I beg to differ <laughs> but, but you know I I I think there's just an element of luck, right time, right place, right people. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I had, I think I interviewed at three publishing houses mm-hmm. and the first two went so badly and oh, no. nothing, nothing really changed between yeah. those two and the third one that I didn't add anything else to my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just that I don't know that day there was just this affinity everything clicked yeah. felt, it, it, um, I haven't again really answered your question at all um, <laughs> you have you have answered it I think those those are really great points especially um, the luck part and the the day the people um, so it's it's really easy to be self-critical um, when you don't get that place um, and you often think what's wrong with me I need to change my portfolio but actually some days you know it is just lucky (laughs) can you describe how you felt to start your first junior role so you've been freelancing and interning before but to actually start your first junior designer role how did you feel um I mean it's a mixture of things it's <laughs> I think it probably doesn't help that it's Harper Collins um yeah. and you know we're next door to the shard it's not like this cute little indie house it's like this no, is you're and, in the news building <laughs> yeah um so it's very overwhelming um but equally exciting um as I said I think for me it was I was just so ready to build a career and I still feel like that I really feel like this is somewhere that I want to be for a long time and but that being said I I think the first two weeks it was all about acclimatizing and getting over that feeling of like gosh everything's so new like learning all these new systems you know the thing about publishing is that it's not like it's not like a lot of other sort of design studios where you kind of work in a vacuum hand over to the client it's like you know I'm we're sort of one cog in a big wheel you know design's just one part of the publishing process and, and that's quite overwhelming um especially when it comes to kind of making mistakes I think typically I'm someone who likes to work on my own initiative but with public I'm terrified right now because you know if something's going to print and there's going to be thousands of copies I do not want to be the one responsible <laughs> for the boo-boo so um but yeah I mean so there was that acclimatizing stage but in all honesty I think about two weeks in I just had this massive anxiety attack of oh, like 
just feeling like someone was going to walk in the door and pull me out and be like you know we've got the wrong person like just this you know just this feeling that I was massive imposter syndrome like I was going to be found out and they were going to say we found someone better like get him out now Mm -hmm. um and I think luckily for me I work with really amazing people and um in all honesty that's only really subsided because they kind of put confidence in me you know it's it's the kind of small things it's the it's the saying you know just little things emailing me really like you know good job after a cover-up meeting mm-hmm. if something's got through you know yeah. um for me those are the little wins that really make a big difference mm-hmm. I think especially when you're a junior because you're kind of you know you don't have as much autonomy yeah. maybe you don't feel particularly as valuable um those kind of little things go a long way for me that's really nice to hear that you have that support um around you and that they could notice that because hearing that from somebody that they felt like that that still never gets old for me no matter how many people I, I talk to and I hear that from and I think oh my god another person oh, I didn't know they felt like that and that's really refreshing for people who want to go into the industry I'm sure yeah and again not to harp on it but that that is I'm lucky I have really good people around me um I'm sure that's not exclusive to where I work I'm sure there's lovely people (laughs) everywhere but um I think you'll know when you're in the right place I like I say uh I I do think on a weird you know I don't want to sort of sound airy-fairy about things but I think things do happen for a reason and perhaps those interviews that I had that just went horrendously I you know upon reflection do I think do I think I would have been a good fit I'm not sure um Mm. certainly for one of them I had a vibe while I was there that just didn't I didn't feel right there the interview I had at Harper I left thinking I, I want to be there I, lo- I felt and I did not want to get my hopes up the whole train ride home I was just I didn't want to get my hopes up because I I felt so at home there do you think there's anything that you didn't expect would happen or how you would feel when you started this role like is there something that was probably unexpected I think the biggest thing um is how tiring it can be and this sounds really this sounds really stupid I think to a lot of people who especially people who don't work in creative fields I mean I've I've done days laboring as a bricklayer and you know it's equally as fatiguing just in a different way I think being creative for eight hours a day is really hard mentally exhausting it's yeah for sure it's draining and you know while it, while you're at uni we procrastinate like crazy <laughs> we can go for coffee we can go for a walk we exactly. can talk to people for an hour and just um you're not quite in that same mode but I think my first few weeks I just felt tired Mm. um and and that's not in a negative way you know it's so nourishing the work you know being creatively engaged in something is amazing um but it's really tiring and Mm. and I think that's something you do acclimatize to quite quickly but um yeah I don't think anyone talks I know I certainly was shocked by that I was like why am I so tired like um, no I really respect what what you're saying there because I think creatives don't you know they don't get enough from people about you know it being taken seriously and it's tiring because I think as a creative 
we don't just work 30 hours. Our creative brains are on all the time. If you go for a walk or have a shower or do the washing up, we're creating that space. But often when there's space that's been cleared in our, in our brains, that allows new ideas to come in. And sometimes like you feel like you need to write them down in case you forget them. So for me personally, I feel like I'm being a creative 24 seven most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I know I've done jobs in the past where you just autopilot, yeah. you know, it's, it's something really um, easy to kind of just fall into that, that, that headspace with this. It's really tricky, especially when you're kind of first reading a brief and you're wrestling with it and you're trying to understand it. And mm. you're like you say, you're trying to build these connections and it's just like, it's so mentally exhausting. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if you are a creative, that's, like I say nourishing that's what I think we all crave is to do a job where you at the end of it you feel like you've gained something from it at the end of the day something I've just thought about is in that you know that window of time where you're given to work on something do you then feel the pressure to come up with the ideas like especially if they don't come in that time because you might be working nine to five but sometimes you well you can't schedule creative ideas most of the time. Um, I think we're probably uh, a little bit fortunate in publishing in that because of the way it's structured, we have a very mm. long time <laughs> to yeah. kind of sit with things. Like we're working on a lot of things at any one time. Um, but, you know, often uh, if I get briefed something, it's not getting published for, you know, maybe a year. Yeah. Um, so realistically, I don't really need to have visuals to show someone for yeah. a little while. So, um, yeah, I think we do have a little bit of, of a luxury in in this kind of niche space where mm. I can sit with things, I can read the manuscript if I want to, if that's helpful. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm working on things with people. That's that's nice because, mm. um, you know, after that initial round, we have we can sort of. Um, they do things that I, I haven't seen and yeah. you kind of get a bit of a, a shot in the arm for the next round like wow like I, I really love what you did there like mm. um, maybe I can inject a little bit of that into into my work. Is there anything you brought from Falmouth or learned from other people or things that you found work best for yourself but are there any things that you do to generate those ideas like you just said like reading the manuscript to kind of get a little bit of inspiration it's not I'm not sure if I'm strictly answering your question but I know for me for a long time I struggled with the idea that I wasn't actually very creative yeah. <laughs> um, and it wasn't really until Falmouth that that notion kind of um, got kind of sort of removed for me and I think what I'd already always attributed creativity to was originality mm -hmm. and really it was kind of some of the tools and and the things and the wisdom really of of some of the lecturers at Falmouth that really um, what I now think creativity is is kind of your ability to engage with ideas um, so kind of in answer to your question is I don't feel as paralyzed anymore by this idea of I'm having to kind of manifest an idea from thin air. Yeah. Now it's much more like, 
how do I interface with this material? Like, mm. what's something? How can I kind of, you know, you, the, all the clues are in the brief usually. Sometimes you have to work a little bit harder for sure. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's all about how can I combine these ideas? How can I inject something um, from my perspective? What's like the thing that I find interesting here? And it makes it so much easier. Mm. Um, and I, I think if, um, you know, if I could tell myself that when I was a bit younger, <laughs> that would have caused me a, a lot less heartache because yeah like I say there's this times where I know you've talked about it's that blank page thing it's like how do I create the next amazing thing and um sometimes it's not it's not quite that tricky you know it's like you've got everything you need it's just about kind of remixing the formula a little bit I'm interested to know since you started this new role I know you said it's tiring but how are you maintaining a, a work-life balance at the moment well, it is tiring in 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 a sense that, you know, you're mentally engaged for, for mm. you know, the, the whole day. But the beauty of that for me is that when it's the end of the day, I um, I can clock out. I don't have to think about it. Um, that's why for me, freelance just didn't work. Yeah. I, I felt like I was always on the clock. I'd get those emails at 8 p.m. with amends and you never really switch off and... <laughs> that was just um awful for me like I I couldn't do it I, I you know I think people who freelance you're incredible <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you do it um so yeah I mean in answer to your question I don't I don't I don't think a work-life balance is actually that tricky I think the love I love feeling like I've earned my money that day and that I've, yeah. I'm a bit tired and worn out and and when it hits half five it's a bit different when I got to go to the office because it's a long commute home yeah. Yeah. but um you know, I can just chill out and um, switch off and recharge. And I think that's so important when you're a creative. That's why, so like I say, when I was in freelance world, I, I it was just always on. And I, I never did anything um, that I was particularly proud of. But I don't think I ever really had time to sit with things long enough to come up with the new ideas. It was, I was just, I was just in a rhythm. Are there any things that in particular that you enjoy to wind down I mean I'm a I love running and I feel like someone somewhere who knows me is judging me because I have not been <laughs> running as regularly as I'd like um but I think I, I think sort of distance running's awesome I think it's you know meditative cathartic um it's very hard to be stressed when your heart rate's going really high and you're breathing and you want you know you literally just want to cry because your body is <laughs> screaming at you it's very hard to kind of sit on on the kind of anxieties of life when your body is doing that and I think for me that's that's great because sometimes my brain can be a little bit loud and it's nice just to um, get into your body a little bit more I really admire that I mean I like to do yoga because I feel like yoga quietens my mind and it brings me back to the present and it allows me to control the thoughts more um and just shut off from that anxiety world that you were talking about and just being with yourself and being present and just not feeling stressed yeah no I, I totally agree I mean I guess another thing I haven't been doing enough of <laughs> recently but I think yoga is great um 
I think it's really sad that a lot of guys feel um I don't know emasculated to try yoga I think it's mm. awesome like it's it's such a good thing for people to do um mm. I'd recommend everyone try it other times in your journey so far apart from this job where you remember feeling intense like imposter syndrome or you're not good enough uh, yeah 100 percent um the sort of during my freelance days um this kind of basically was brought onto a startup project um which i ended up working on for about a year mm-hmm. um at this point, my technical skills, my design brain <laughs> was very young and I was so unqualified and I'm not really sure why I was brought in, but um, it was it was just um, a trial by fire, <laughs> really. Um, I was brought in to do something very small. They were sort of building a platform and they wanted me mm-hmm. to kind of skin the site really and and yeah. give it a kind of um, injection of design. And then it was, oh, actually we need a logo. Do you want to do that? I'd never done a logo. I was like, I can do a logo. I can do logos. <laughs> yeah. And then it was, oh, actually we need, we need a, we need a website for this thing. Do you want to do the UI? And I thought, yeah, I can do UI. I can and do I've that. never done any of these things. And, you know, I was learning, I was just, you know literally searching how to UI like oh as God. as I'm doing the job and, I, and um I think it's great obviously <laughs> I wouldn't recommend people to lie to clients no. to get work um but um I, th- I do think we all will do jobs where you feel vastly unqualified <laughs> and a lot of the times it is you know one of those things where you will just elevate yourself mm. because it needs to it needs to get done um, at least that was that was the case for me I um <laughs> I, I sort of had to get it done um and they kept asking me to do more things so I think for me that was validating you know if they said after the first bit of work like actually he's you know clearly incapable they would have got someone else but um I actually grew as, as a sort of designer so much in that year because they were constantly pushing me out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and getting me to do new things and try new things that I wouldn't have done and, you know, I started off as someone who did something very specific. I, I mean, predominantly the work I was doing was kind of social assets for small content creators. Yeah. By the end of it, I could do motion. I could do, you know, UI, UX stuff. I could do mm. logos. And, and it just completely opened um, the sort of nature of the freelance work that I was doing. Mm. And the kind of subsequent six months, I was doing lots of other different things kind of steered really well away from the imposter syndrome bit there but the point was that the whole time this was happening I was yeah I vastly unqualified vastly um stressed (laughs) um but yeah I know that at uni you did you branched out and you tried quite a lot of different uh ways of design which I really admired because you just completely threw yourself in it just like in that job that you were talking about um and I, do, I wondered if you still do those behind the scenes or you still enjoy doing that alongside your job in your own time? Um, yes and no. Um, I think 
to be completely honest, um, as we're kind of talking about, I think having that time to recharge is really important. And I definitely don't want to kill myself doing, you know, design work 24 seven. And I know that it will become a disservice to the stuff that I'm doing Mm -hmm. for my job if I did that. But, um, you know, I've, I have had things come in and it's sort of a nice luxury now that I can be a lot more selective about what I do and only do things that really excite me. Like Mm -hmm. I've got a friend of mine who is um, doing a short film soon. So I might be doing the title sequence for that, like a sort of promotion sequence. Um, So things like that, like um, if I can, (laughs) I I will (laughs) sort of, will still do. Um, But I think again, that one of the amazing things about publishing and why I'll wax lyrical about it all day long is (laughs) we get to flex so many different design skills Mm -hmm. like it seems like this really kind of reductive thing that you don't really get there's sort of not much scope but I I feel the complete opposite you know you could you could do photography you could do illustration um 3d you could do so many things um so I don't feel like I have as much of a compulsion anymore because every project is so unique Mm. um that kind of yeah satiates my design kind of <laughs> um, appetite I suppose. Is there anything that you would like to say to your younger self? Oh boy um, I think when I was younger I thought it was really cool to not care and mm. I wish I could go back and tell myself um to just embrace the things I care about a bit more yeah. um, and not be so embarrassed. Um, now it's one of, for me, is one of the most attractive qualities in a person when they just unapo- unapologetically yeah. do and embrace the things that they want mm, to. Definitely. And I wish I was more like that. Cause I know even at uni, I was the kid who didn't want to ask questions. And, oh, <laughs> you know, I think we're all guilty of it, but I, you know, I think that's one thing even today I could, remind myself to do because I think we all can offer so much to the world if we just kind of embraced ourselves a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would like to tell your older self? Ah, the, the trick question. The trick question that catches everybody <laughs> Um, I think I'm really bad at celebrating good things in my life <laughs> so I guess I would just say take a moment and just appreciate everything you've done Mm -hmm. and celebrate that and how far you've come you know even now I feel like had to go through a lot to be here and I'm sure I'll go through a lot more (laughs) so I think just taking that moment in is really important well I think that's a lovely thing to tell yourself because you should celebrate yourself because what you've done is amazing and as your peer and friend I'm incredibly proud of where you've got to well I appreciate I can't take compliments so I'm gonna get all um, (laughs) uncomfortable but I really appreciate um, the kind words well thank you so much for chatting with me it was really nice to talk to you pleasure thank you so much for inviting me on Mm -hmm.